Hey guys, it's Emily and I'm coming back with a new episode of my forensics podcast entitled Case Studies with Emily. So I know last week we talked about the case of LaVon Brooks and the importance of odontology. This week we are focusing on forensic anthropology. So if that interests you at all, feel free to keep listening. All right, y'all, so like I said, this week's case study is focused around forensic anthropology. And not to spoil anything, but this is on a very well-known serial killer. So this week we're going to be talking about John Wayne Casey. Now you may know him as the killer clown. All right, so Getting into the case, Gacy's first warning sign appeared in 1964 when he was found guilty of sodomizing two young boys. If you don't know what sodomizing is, it's molesting them. As a punishment, Gacy was arrested and spent 18 months in prison. This was also in Iowa, and it went on his record. Just a heads up, and keep that in mind. After being released, John Wayne Gacy built a solid reputation with his community. He found a successful, founded a successful construction business, remarried, attended church, and volunteered as a Democratic precinct captain in his area. However, suspicion of Gacy arose in 1975 when a teenager who worked for Gacy disappeared. The teenager's parents pleaded to question Gacy by the Chicago PD, but they never did. Gacy saw this as his prime time, and he began to rape and kill young men. Over the course of a few years, he had killed 33 young men. 29 were found underneath his house. In 1977, a young man went to the Chicago PD for help, claiming that Gacy had kidnapped him and molested him. Unfortunately, the report that was filed was not compelling enough to bring in Gacy for questioning. The following year, Gacy killed a 15-year-old boy who came to his home to ask for a job at his construction company. This finally turned the police's heads and gave them reason to search Gary's residence, Gacy's room. Upon searching, the police found a class ring, clothes for smaller individuals, and other suspicious items. They later determined that the class ring belonged to a boy that had previously gone missing. Yeah, he had gone missing. Witnesses also said that they have heard Gacy confessing to murdering 30 people. Neighbors also reported an awful odor known as the odor of death coming from Gacy's house. Come to find out, the smell was from the decomposing bodies buried beneath his house. Anthropologists were brought in to sort through the bones, which led to the discovery of the 33 victims. The anthropologists used the method of facial reconstruction to help identify some of the victims. However, no one stepped forward, so victims are still unnamed. Gacy was then arrested and took an insanity plea, hoping to be found not guilty. However, he was found guilty and was later executed via lethal injection on May 10, 1994. So, pretty interesting case. I know my little description was a little all over the place, but I'm going to clear up some terms. So, anthropology is a little bit different than forensic anthropology. So, anthropology is like the study of human behavior, culture, social 
stuff like that, but forensic anthropology focuses primarily on bodies if you haven't like learned that or figured that out. So they like look at, you take, compare a regular like normal human skeleton and to a victim skeleton and see if there's like any variations or discrepancies among the two. So that's what the focus is for today. And one thing I touched on was facial reconstruction. So this is how some forensic scientists determine identification when they don't have anything to go off of. And what they do for this is they like use the skeleton to provide what their best interpretation of their faces look like. So they use like clay and stuff to like reconstruct the face. Pretty cool. All right, so as far as who was involved, we have a lot of victims. I have some of them named, a lot of them are unidentified because in Chicago, with it being like a really well-known city and like overpopulated, and the fact that back then they didn't have like a computer that had all of the files like in it, a lot were not identified. So if someone usually went missing, no one really knew about it. Even the police like kind of forgot about it. I remember watching something about, I think it was an interview with John Wayne Gacy's sister and they were saying like, when someone goes missing, the police may file a report, but after that, like no one like looks into it. But um, anyway, so some of the names of the victims were Timothy Jack McCoy, John but Bukovic, Bukovic, <laughs> Daryl Sampson, Samuel Stapleton, and some others. Obviously, the suspect and criminal in this case, the serial killer, if you want to get technical, was John Wayne Gacy. And some anthropologists that were involved in this case were Charles Warren and Clyde Snow. So this all took place in Chicago, Illinois. Um, began like his like time of criminals, crim, crime, oh my goodness, was be between the years of 1978 and 1994. As I mentioned, his first like crimes were committed in Iowa, but when the, when suspicion arose on Gacy, that criminal record from Iowa on sodomizing young boys helped the police know that to go in that direction as far as like finding who was responsible. So, Let's talk evidence. So evidence was obviously the bodies that they found. Um, the testimony from the neighbors saying that the house smelled like, smelled bad and was called the odor of death. And uh, I didn't really talk about this, but John Wayne Gacy, when he was interrogated, confessed to killing people to the police, not to like other like spectators or people he, he was equated with. It was to the police so like obviously they're going to take that into consideration also his house was a crime scene along with a river close by maybe i think it was a river it's some large body of water um he had at least 29 bodies under his house in a crawl space and he actually drew a map of every single body below his house and it was accurate it's crazy and then he um, admitted to throwing some in water, but as far as means, motive, opportunity, um, with some research, I found that Gracie grew up with a rough childhood. His father sexually assaulted his mother frequently, and his father was an alcoholic. 
Gacy also struggled with his homosexuality, so I think these murders reflected that struggle. The clown costume represents his insecurity, thinking that he can hide who he is, but at the same time, he can be himself when he is done, when he's alone with his victim. So I think as far as means, motive, and opportunity, he definitely had opportunity because most of his victims, he picked up when they were vulnerable. He was known for cruising around at night and having a like one of those red lights on top of his car and pretending to be a police officer and he would like quote unquote arrest people for being out after curfew so he would obtain victims that way and also like he worked he founded a really well-known construction company and he hired boy young boys so they were also a prime target for him he also grew up like dressing up as a clown so i think that's very significant in this case um i feel like he was like a, it was his crimes were something he felt like he had to do because he felt like he wasn't accepted in his work like in society i personally feel like that's means motive and opportunity like he had he was trying to prove to himself that he wasn't being homosexual is okay. So that's what I think on that term. So you can totally have your own opinion. That's just my personal opinion. Okay, so legal outcome. Gacy confessed. And though he entered an insanity plea, as I mentioned, he was found guilty and executed by lethal injunction. Alright, so now we're getting into like the controversial part of this episode, and that's the reflections. So, why do I think this case is famous? Well, obviously, you have the obvious one. He's a serial killer. Like, most serial killers don't go without getting at least some recognition. Heck, some of them have, like, names. Like, this one specifically is the killer clown. Like, they go by and like, the news and stuff. And as I have studied, a lot of serial killers love the fame. Love the attention. So, like... Really, on the fact that he's a serial killer is why he's famous and with that comes fear and that fear feeds the media making it very well known also our world revolves around social media so like if anything is said regarding like something terrifying or terror is being spread through online everyone's gonna know about it within like at least a few like a day everyone will know about it or a few days so I think it's also famous because his struggle is very relatable. Like personally, I don't have this struggle, but I know a lot of people that do with being homosexual and it's a very controversial, but anyway, so like he felt, I know for a fact that his parents weren't necessarily like in support, full support of his choices and they felt like he had to kind of hide it. And he may have even been like, I don't know, like, targeted for it, possibly bullying in middle school, elementary school, all of that, and his parents may have, like, done things to him because of that, but um, I feel like his struggle for identity, specifically not necessarily homosexuality, but identity, like, a lot of people just don't know who they are, they don't know they always try to fit in with the crowd and eventually gets to that point where you just can't take being someone else so you act out on it 
and I feel like this is kind of like what happened here, but he took it to a whole nother level. I'm not saying people who don't know their ident identity eventually get fed up and kill people, but they do get fed up and that's very relatable. So I think, especially in modern times now, this case speaks volumes on the issue of identity crisis type vibes you know what i mean if you know what i mean so yeah um that's actually all i have for this episode i know it's a little bit longer than usual but i hope you stay till the end um next week is actually my thanksgiving break so on that note i hope every single one of you listening right now has an amazing thanksgiving and even the week of thanksgiving um don't forget to spend time with your families and friends and let them know how much you love them and how much you are thankful for them all right so that's all i have for today thank you once again for tuning in for this week's episode I will get back to you guys in two weeks. Bye, guys.